0: Welcome to Episode 8 in the Lives of the Saints, 2nd series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Gregory Nazianzen, whose feast day is January 25th. In the Eastern Church, St. Gregory is called Gregory Nazianzus, after the city where he was born in southwestern Cappadocia, in Asia Minor, where he later served as bishop. He is also known by other names, including Gregory the Theologian. He is one of only three men known by the honored title Theologian in the Eastern Church Tradition, the others being St. John the Evangelist and Apostle, and St. Simeon the New Theologian. The illustration for this and the next slide is an early 15th century Russian Orthodox icon of St. Gregory attributed to the great icon painter Andrei Rublyov installed at the Cathedral of the Dormition in Vladimir, Russia. His feast day is celebrated on several other dates in various jurisdictions. Here we are using January 25th, which was the day of his death. St. Gregory was born at his family estate near Arianzus in Cappadocia around 329 A.D. His family were landowners. His mother, Nana, came from a long established Christian family. His father, also called Gregory, was a late convert to Christianity from a form of paganism that included some elements of Christianity. The conversion to Christianity was largely owed to Nana's influence. Gregory the Elder eventually was consecrated as bishop of Nazianzus. The young Gregory enjoyed a classical education at home, probably directed by his mother, after which followed study at Nazianzus. He also studied in Caesarea in Palestine, following which there was a sojourn to Alexandria, one of the early sees of the original church. He was in the Egyptian capital during the reign of Athanasius as bishop, but there is no record of Gregory ever encountering the great Athanasius. After Alexandria, he went on to study at Athens. It was there that he met a young man, Basil of Caesarea in Cappadocia, who would become a lifelong friend and met another, Julian, who would become a lifelong enemy. His field of study was rhetoric and he taught the subject at Athens before, at the age of 30, he returned to Nazianzus, where, against his objections, he was ordained by his father, Gregory, who contended that there was a serious need for help in the governance of the Episcopate in Cappadocia. The illustration for this and five of the next six slides is a 19th century Stained Glass Window, one of a set of the four doctors of the Roman Catholic Church at St. John's Basilica North Brabant, Belgium. The church itself dates to the mid-14th to the mid-16th century. The other three doctors of the church in the Roman Catholic tradition are St. John Chrysostom, celebrated on January 27th, St. Athanasius, celebrated later in the year, and Gregory's friend, Basil of Caesarea, also celebrated much later in the church year. Like many young men, St. Gregory resented the intrusion of having to help his father at Nazianzus instead of pursuing his goal of a monastic life of prayer and study. He rebelled briefly, even running away. But upon the urging of his friend Basil, he returned to help his father overcome threats to his episcopate from various strains of heresy, including, and particularly, Arianism. During the next ten years, his two friends from his time at Athens re-entered his, his life. Julian, by then clearly anti-Christian, had become emperor of the Byzantine Empire and was determined to prosecute. Gregory, especially after the publication of Gregory's first important work, now called Invectives Against Julian. Only the death of Julian spared him and his fellow Christians as well, but it did not vanquish the Arian forces within the church both in Caesarea, in Cappadocia, and at Constantinople. In the next half-decade, Gregory joined forces again with Basil to use their rhetorical skills to win over the population of Cappadocia to Nicene Christianity. In 370 AD, Basil was consecrated Bishop of Caesarea in Cappadocia. And I make this distinction so that you don't get confused with Caesarea in Palestine. Two years later, Gregory himself became Bishop of Sasima, a new, new jurisdiction created by Basil. About the same time, Gregory's father's health declined and Gregory abandoned his own uh, position as Bishop against the wishes of his friend Basil to go home and help his father at Nazianzus. Both of Gregory's parents died in 374 A.D., after which Gregory gave away much of his inheritance and retired to a monastic existence in Seleucia in Cappadocia. Upon Basil's death, Gregory, in the tradition of the era, wrote several memorial poems honoring his friend. The next step in the life of St. Gregory Nazianzen began with the death of the anti-Christian emperor Valens in 378 AD. St. Gregory's friends at Antioch, another of the early sees of the church, prevailed upon him to go to the imperial city, Constantinople, and use his rhetorical skills to combat the persistent Aryan faction. It was at Constantinople Constantinople, based at a small chapel which he named Anastasia, which in Greek means rebirth, that Gregory delivered the five great orations which have sealed his fame as a theologian. The chapel was absorbed into the church complex that is featured in the photograph on the home page of the AIC website. The following brief excerpt from the fifth uh, theological oration reveals his plain-spoken, non-technical, and very direct style. The text I'm using is from the late 19th century collection of the writings of the Fathers, known as the Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers, from the second series, volume 7, pages 327 to 328. This, then, is my position with regard to these things, and I hope it may always be my position, and that of whatsoever is dear to me to worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, three persons, one Godhead, undivided in honor and glory and substance and kingdom, as one of our own inspired philosophers not long departed showed. Let him not see the rising of the morning star, as Scripture saith, nor the glory of its brightness, who is otherwise minded, or who follows the temper of the times, at one time being of one mind and of another at another time, and thinking unsoundly in the highest matters. For if he he is not to be worshipped, how can he deify me by baptism? But if he is to be worshipped, surely he is an object of adoration, and if an object of adoration, he must be God. The one is linked to the other, a truly golden and saving chain. And indeed from the Spirit comes our new birth, and from the new birth comes our new creation, and from the new creation our deeper knowledge of the dignity of him from whom it is derived. This, then, is what may be said by one who admits the silence of Scripture. But now the swarm of testimonies shall burst upon you from which the deity of the Holy Ghost shall be shown to all who are not excessively stupid or else altogether enemies of the Spirit to be most clearly recognized in Scripture. Look at these facts. Christ is born. The Spirit is his forerunner. He is baptized. The Spirit bears witness. He is tempted. The Spirit leads him up. He works miracles. The Spirit accompanies them. He ascends. The Spirit takes his place. What great things are there in the idea of God which are not in his power? What titles which belong to God are not applied to him except only unbegotten and begotten. In his own lifetime, St. Gregory's theological opinions were vigorously opposed by the rival Arian faction at Constantinople, who made his term as Bishop of Constantinople exceedingly difficult. I say Bishop of Constantinople because Gregory served in that post at a time before the head of the See of Constantinople was called an archbishop. During the Easter Vigil Service on the Saturday night before Easter in the year 379 A.D., the Arians actually attacked the Anastasia Chapel. In the attack, St. Gregory himself was wounded and many attendees injured and another bishop murdered. St. Gregory was shaken by the event and citing Job's request to be thrown overboard to save the ship and the crew from the wrath, in that case of God, he submitted his resignation as bishop and returned home to Nazianzus. With the arrival at Constantinople of the new emperor Theodosius, in the following year, 380 AD, St. Gregory's and the church's fortunes soon reversed. Theodosius, a strong supporter of Nicene Christianity, called the Second Ecumenical Council, an assembly of 150 bishops, all from the Eastern Church, which met at Constantinople in 381 A.D. The illustration for this and the next slide is a circa 1724 A.D. Byzantine Orthodox fresco of the First Council of Constantinople, which is found at Stavropolius Church in Bucharest, Romania. After the death of the original presiding officer, St. Gregory Nazianzen was named successor as presiding officer. Two, the two most influential figures at the council were St. Gregory and St. Gregory of Diza, brother of the late St. Basil of Caesarea, who had died in 379 A.D. The council was also strongly influenced by St. Basil's book on the Holy Spirit, by his brother St. Gregory of Nyssa's book on the same, by the same title, and St. Gregory Nazianzen's five theoretical, theological orations. The Council of Constantinople in 381 embellished the statements about Jesus Christ consistent with Scripture and the discussions at Nicaea in 325 AD and added the clarifying phrase whose kingdom shall have no end at the end of the paragraph concerning Christ and added a whole new closing section clarifying the divinity of the Holy Spirit, the nature of the church universal, calling it holy, catholic, and apostolic, the sacrament of baptism, and the scriptural promise of everlasting life. For more detail on the Council of Constantinople and the entire Nicene Creed and its origin, see the AIC video series, The Nicene Creed, using the episode links on the digital library of our website, the full URL for which is HTPS colon slash slash w Anglican Internet Church dot net slash digital hyphen library. With the settlement of the equality of the three divine persons of the Holy Trinity behind him. After the Council of Constantinople, St. Gregory returned home to Naciansus, resuming his post as bishop. Citing his declining health, which was largely owed to the stress to which he had been subjected by the Arian faction in the previous seven or eight years, he retired in 383 A.D., St. Gregory enjoyed seven years of quiet life out of the public eye, writing letters and poems and other discourses before his death at Ariansis on January twenty-fifth, three 390 A.D. The illustration is an 1878 A.D. stained-glass window, one of a set of four images of the four doctors of the church mentioned earlier, this one by architect and window designer Arthur Verhagen at St. Saint, at Saint Gomorrah's Roman Catholic Church in Lierre, Belgium. St. Gregory Nazianzen was buried at Nazianzen where he and his father had been bishop. In 950 A.D., his remains were removed to a place of honor at the Church of the Holy Apostles Constantinople. In 1204 A.D., during the Fourth Crusade, raiders from Venice destroyed the city and stole his remains and those of St. John Chrysostom and many others took away many icons and other church adornments, most of which ended up in Rome. The relics of St. Gregory were thereafter kept at the convent of St. Maria in Capo Santo in Rome. The remains of St. John Chrysostom were placed in the medieval era Church of St. Peter. Three centuries later, in 1580 AD, with the construction of the new St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Gregory XIII transferred the relics of St. Gregory to a side altar in the Basilica, which came to be known as the Capella Gregoriana in the nave of St. Peter's. In a gesture toward ecumenical harmony between the church at Rome and the eastern church the remains of both saint gregory and saint john chrysostom were returned to constantinople in november 2006 ad by pope benedict the 16th during his his historic visit to istanbul and to jerusalem two years earlier pope john paul ii had issued an apology for the assault on Constantinople in 1204 A.D., an apology which was officially accepted later by Bartholomew, the ecumenical patriarch of the Eastern Church, during a visit to Rome in the same year. Over time, the Church's memory of St. Gregory Nazianzen has become stronger, At the Third Ecumenical Council, which met at Ephesus in 431 A.D., the scriptural soundness of St. Gregory's five theological orations was affirmed. Twenty years later, at the Fourth Ecumenical Council, which met at Chalcedon in 451 A.D., St. Gregory Nazianzen was named Gregory the Theologian. Later, St. Simeon became only the third man, along with Gregory and St. John the Apostle, to be granted the title theologian. The illustration is a winter photograph of the late 17th century Church of St. Gregory the Theologian in the Rostov Kremlin in Rostov, Russia. St. Gregory has been honored again and again in the names of churches, and monasteries like the one in russia in the previous slide and the church of st gregory at nevi built upon the high at the high point of the armenian empire that church is displayed in this slide which and it is now an abandoned ruin on the turkey armenia border the state of the remains of the church of st gregory as it was for the Church of St. Gregory of Nyssa, which was demolished in 1924 A.D. by Turkish authorities and discussed in the earlier episode in this series on Gregory of Nyssa, should be a reminder to modern Christians of the threat to Christianity in many parts of the world. Earlier in the series, I used icons, mosaics, frescoes, and stained-glass windows which recognized the contributions of St. Gregory Nazianzen, or St. Gregory the Theologian, in advancing the understanding of the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. The collect for the Feast of St. Gregory Nazianzen is from the 1963 edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts. Almighty, everlasting God, whose servant Gregory steadfastly confessed thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to be very God and very man, grant that we may hold fast to this faith and evermore magnify his holy name, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever, one God, world without end. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Episode 8 in the Lives of the Saints, second series commemorating the life and contributions of 35 saints from both the Eastern and Western Church traditions celebrated on 28 feast days. Next time in Episode 9, I will celebrate our patron saint, St. John Chrysostom, who is commemorated on January 27th. Episodes of this series and those of other teaching videos and seasonal videos are available on both our YouTube channel, https colon slash, slash www.youtube.com slash c slash St. John C with Saint spelled out, or our newly redesigned website for which the full URL is http colon slash slash internetchurch.net. The digital library provides access to our seasonal videos and other videos. The Bible study link similarly connects you to our Bible study series, the New Testament, the Gospels, and Revelation. The podcast homilies link gives access to the entire archive of about 575 MP3 podcasts, both for the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer and many other topics. The virtual bookstore at the bottom center of the page has links for both the paperback and Kindle editions of the AIC bookstore publications. Purchase of these books helps fund this Internet ministry with 100% of all book royalties contributed to the AIC. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.